International Short Stories, Volume 1, American Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. International Short Stories, Volume 1, American Stories, edited by William Patton. Section 7. Corporal Flint's Murder by F. Fenimore Cooper. Half an hour passed after the execution of the missionary, before the chiefs commenced their proceeding with the corporal. The delay was owing to a consultation in which the weasel had proposed dispatching a party to the castle, to bringing the family, and thus make a common destruction of the remaining pale faces known to be in that part of the openings. Peter did not dare to oppose this scheme himself, but he so managed as to get Crow's Feather to do it without bringing himself into the foreground. The influence of the Potawatomi prevailed, and it was decided to torture this one captive and to secure his scalp before they proceeded to work their will on the others. Anqui, who had gained ground rapidly by his late success, was once more commissioned to state to the captive the intention of his captors. Brother, commenced the weasel, placing himself directly in front of the corporal, I am about to speak to you. A wise warrior opens his ears when he hears the voice of his enemy. He may learn something it will be good for him to know. It will be good for you to know what I am about to say. Brother, you are a pale face, and we are Indians. You wish to get our hunting grounds, and we wish to keep them. To keep them, it has become necessary to take your scalp. I hope you are ready to let us have it. The corporal had but an indifferent knowledge of the Indian language, but he comprehended all that was uttered on this occasion. Interest quickened his faculties, and no part of what was said was lost. The gentle, slow, deliberate manner in which the weasel delivered himself contributed to his means of understanding. He was fortunately prepared for what he heard, and the announcement of his approaching fate did not disturb him to the degree of betraying weakness. This last was a triumph in which the Indians delighted, though they ever showed the most profound respect for such of their victims as manifested a manly fortitude. It was necessary to reply, which the corporal did in English knowing that several present could interpret his words. With a view to render this the more easy, he spoke in fragments of sentences and with great deliberation. Engines, returned the corporal, you surrounded me, and I have been taken prisoner. Had there been a platoon on us, you might not have made out quite so well. It's no great victory, for three hundred warriors to overcome a single man. I count Parson Amen as worse than nothing, 
for he looked to neither rear nor flank. If I could have half an hour's work upon you with only half of your late company, I think we, we should lower your conceit. But that is impossible, and so you may do just what you please with me. I ask no favors. Although his answer was very imperfectly translated, it awakened a good deal of admiration. A man who could look death so closely in the face with so much steadiness became a sort of hero in Indian eyes, and with the North American savage, fortitude is a virtue not inferior to courage. Murmurs of approbation were heard, and Unque was privately requested to urge the captive further, in order to see how far present appearances were likely to be maintained. Brother, I have said that we are engines, resumed the vessel with an air so humble and a voice so meek that a stranger might have supposed he was consoling instead of endeavouring to intimidate the prisoner. It is true. We are nothing but poor ignorant engine. We can only torment our prisoners after the engine fashion. If we were pale faces, we might do better. We did not torment the medicine priest. We were afraid he would laugh at our mistakes. He knew a great deal. We know but little. We do as well as we know how. Brother, when engines do as well as they know how, a warrior should forget their mistakes. We wish to torment you in a way to prove that you are all over man. We wish so to torment you that you will stand up under the pain in such a way that it will make our young men think your mother was not a squaw, that there is no woman in you. We do this for our own honor as well as for yours. It will be an honor to us to have such a captive. It will be an honor to you to be such a captive. We shall do as well as we know how. Brother, it is most time to begin. The tormenting will last a long time. We must not let the medicine priest get too great a start on the path to the happy hunting grounds of your... Here, a most unexpected interruption occurred that effectually put a stop to the eloquence of Anqui. In his desire to make an impression, the savage approached within reach of the captive's arm, while his own mind was intent on the words that he hoped would make the prisoner quail. The corporal kept his eye on that of the speaker, charming him, as it were, into a riveted gaze in return. Watching his opportunity, he caught the tomahawk from the wizard's belt, and, by a single blow, felled him dead at his feet. Not content with this, the old soldier now bounded forward, striking right and left, inflicting six or eight wounds on others, before he could be again arrested, disarmed, and bound. While the last was doing, Peter withdrew and observed. Many were the hues and other explanations of admiration that succeeded this display of desperate manhood. 
the body of the wazir was removed and entered while the wounded withdrew to attend to their hurts leaving the reina to the rest assembled there as for the corporal he was pretty well blown and in addition to being now bound hand and foot his recent exertions which were terrific while they lasted effectually incapacitated him from making any move so long as he was thus exhausted and confined a council was now held by the principal chiefs and Quay had few friends in this he shared the fate of most demagogues who are commonly despised even by those they lead and deceive no one regretted him much and some were actually glad at his fate but the dignity of the conquerors must be vindicated it would never do to allow a pale-face to obtain so great an advantage and to take a signal vengeance for his deed after a long consultation it was determined to subject the captive to the trial by saplings and thus see if he could bear the torture without complaining as some of our readers may not understand what this fell mode of tormenting is it might be necessary to explain there is scarcely a method of inflicting pain that comes within the compass of their means that the north american indians have not essayed on their enemies when the infernal ingenuity that is exercised on this occasion fails of its effect the captives themselves have been heard to suggest other means of torturing that they have known practised successfully by their own people there is often a strange strife between the to tormentors and the tormented the one to manifest skill in inflicting pain and the other to manifest fortitude in enduring it as has just been said quite as much renown is often acquired by the warrior in setting all the devices of his conquerors at defiance while subject to their hellish attempts as in deeds of arms it might be more true to say that such was the practice among the indians than to say at the present time that such is for it is certain that civilization in its approaches while it has in many particulars even degraded the red man has had a silent effect in changing and mitigating many of his fiercer customs this perhaps among the rest it is probable that the more distant tribes still resort to all these ancient usages but it is both hoped and believed that those nearer to the wise do not the torture by saplings is one of those modes of inflicting pain that would naturally suggest themselves to savages young trees that do not stand far apart are trimmed of their branches and brought nearer to each other by bending their bodies the victim is then attached to both trunks sometimes by his extended arms at others by his legs or by whatever part of the frame cruelty can suggest when the saplings are released and permitted to resume their upright positions 
of course the sufferer is lifted from the earth and hangs suspended by these limbs with a strain on them that soon produces the most intense anguish the celebrated punishment of the knout partakes of a good deal of the same character of suffering bow of the oak now approached the corporal to let him know how high an honour was in reserve for him brother said this ambitious orator you are a brave warrior you have done well not only have you killed one of our chiefs but you have wounded several of our young men no one but a brave could have done this you have forced us to bind you lest you might kill some more it is not often that captives do this your courage has caused us to consult how we might best torture you in a way most to manifest your manhood after talking together the chiefs have decided that a man of your firmness ought to be hung between two young trees we have found the trees and have cut off their branches you can see them if they were a little larger their force would be greater and they would give you more pay would be more worthy of you but these are the largest saplings we could find had there been any larger we would have let you have them we wished to do you honour for you are a bold warrior and worthy to be well tormented brother look at these saplings they are tall and straight when they are bent by many hands they will come together take away the hands and they will become straight again your arms must then keep them together we wish we had some purposes here that they might shoot arrows unto your flesh that would help much to torment you you cannot have this honour for we have no purposes we are afraid to let our young men shoot arrows into your flesh they are strong and might kill you we wish you to die between the saplings as is your right being so great a brave brother we think much better of you since you killed the weasel and hurt our young men if all your warriors at chicago had been as bold as you blackbird would not have taken that fort you would have saved many scalps this encourages us it makes us think the great spirit means to help us and that we shall kill all the pale faces when we get further into your settlements we do not expect to meet many such braves as you they tell us we shall then find men who will run and screech like women it will not be a pleasure to torment such men we had rather torment a bold warrior like you who makes us admire him for his manliness we love our schools but not in the war path they are best in the lodges here we want nothing but men you are a man a brave we honour you we think notwithstanding we shall yet make you weak it will not be easy yet we hope to do it we shall try we may not think quite so well of you if we do it but we shall always call you a brave a man is not a stone we can all feel and when we have done all that is in our power no one can do more it is so with engines 
we think it must be so with pale faces women to try and see how it is the corporal understood very little of his harangue though he perfectly comprehended the preparation of the saplings and bow of the oak's allusions to them he was in a cold sweat at the thought for resolute as he was he foresaw sufferings that human fortitude could hardly endure in this state of the case and in the frame of mind he was in he had recourse to an expedient of which he had often heard and which he thought might now be practised to some advantage it was to open up upon the savages with abuse and to exasperate them by taunts and sarcasm to such a degree as might induce some of the weaker members of the tribe to dispatch him on the spot as the corporal with the perspective of the sapling before his eyes manifested a good deal of ingenuity on this occasion we shall record some of his efforts do you call yourself chief and warriors he began upon a pretty high key i call you squaws there is not a man among ye dogs will be the best name you are poor injuns a long time ago the pale faces came here in two or three little canoes there were but a handful and you were plentier than prairie wolves your bark could be heard throughout the land well what did this handful of pale faces he drove your feathers before them until they got all the best of the hunting grounds not an engine of you all now ever get down on the shores of the great salt lake unless to sell brooms and baskets and then he goes sneaking like a wolf after the sheep you have forgotten our clams and oysters taste your fathers had as many of them as they could eat but not one of you ever tasted them the pale faces eat them all if an engine asked for one they would throw the shell at his head and call him a dog do you think that my chiefs would hang one of you between two such miserable saplings as these no they would scorn to practise such pitiful torture they would bring the tops of two tall pines together trees a hundred and fifty feet high and put their prisoner on the topmost boughs for the crows and ravens to pick his eyes out but you are miserable engines you know nothing if you knew it any better would you act such poor torment again a great brave i spit upon ye and call you squaws the pale faces have made women of ye they have taken out your hearts and put pieces of dog's flesh in their places here the corporal who delivered himself with an animation suited to his language was obliged to pause literally for want of breath singular as it may seem this tirade excited great admiration among the savages it is true that very few understood what was said perhaps no one understood at all but the manner was thought to be admirable when some of the language was interpreted a deep but smothered resentment was felt more especially at the towns touching the manner in which the whites had overcome the red men truth is hard to be borne 
and the individual or people who will treat a thousand injurious lies with contempt feel all their ire aroused at one reproach that has its foundation in fact nevertheless the anger that the corporal's words did in truth awaken was successfully repressed and he had the disappointment of seeing that his life was spared for the torture brother said bow of the oak again placing himself before the captive you have a stout heart it is made of stone and not of flesh if our hearts be of dog's meat yours is of stone what you say is true the pale faces did come at first in two or three canoes and there were but few of them we are ashamed for it is true a few pale faces drove toward the setting sun many engines but we cannot be driven any further we mean to stop here and begin to take all the scalps we can a great chief who belongs to no one tribe but belongs to all tribes who speaks all tongues has been sent by the great spirit to arouse us he has done it you know him he came from the head of the lake with you and kept his eye on your scalp he is meant to take it from the first he waited only for an opportunity that opportunity has come and we now mean to do as he had told us we ought to do this is right squaws are in a hurry warriors know how to wait we would kill you at once and hang your scalp on our pole but it would not be right we wish to do what is right if we are poor injuns and know but little we know what is right it is right to torment so great a brave and we mean to do it it is only just to you to do so an old warrior who has seen so many enemies and who has so big a heart ought not to be knocked on the head like a papoose or a squaw it is his right to be tormented we are getting ready and shall soon begin if my brother can tell us a new way of tormenting we are willing to try it should we not make out as well as pale faces my brother will remember who we are we mean to do our best and we hope to make this art soft if we do this great will be our honour should we not do it we cannot help it we shall try it was now the corporal's turn to put in a rebutter this he did without any failure in will or performance by this time he was so well warmed as to think or care very little about the saplings and to overlook the pain they might occasion dogs can do little but bark especially injun dogs he said injun themselves are little better than their own dogs they can bark but they don't know how to bite you have many great chiefs here some are panthers and some bears and some buffaloes but where are your whistles i've fetched you now these twenty years and never have i known ye to stand up to the bagonet it's not injun nature to do that here the corporal without knowing it made some such reproach to the aboriginal warriors of america as the english used to throw into the teeth of ourselves that of not standing up to a weapon which neither party possessed 
it was matter of great triumph that the americans would not stand the charge of the bayonet at the renowned fight on breeds for instance when it is well known that not one man in five among the colonists had any such weapon at all to stand up with a different story was told at guildford and stony point and utah and bennington and bemis aids and fifty other places that might be named after the troops were furnished with bayonets then it was found that the americans could use them as well as others and so might it have proved with the red men though their discipline or mode of fighting scarce admitted of such systematic charges all this however the corporal overlooked much as if he were a regular historian who was writing to make out a case arky brother since you will call me brother though heaven be praised not a drop of nigger or injun blood runs in my veins resumed the corporal arkin friendly reskin answer me one thing did you ever hear of such a man as mad anthony he was the tickler for your infernal tribes you pulled no saplings together for him he put you up with the long knives and leather stockings and you outrun his fleetest horses i was with him and saw more naked back than naked faces among your people that day your great bear got a rap on his nose that sent him to his village yelping like a cur again was the corporal compelled to stop to take breath the allusion to wayne and his defeat of the indians exacted so much ire that several hands grasped knives and tomahawks and one arrow was actually drawn nearly to the head but the frown of bear's meat prevented any outbreak or actual violence it was deemed prudent however to put an end to this scene lest the straightforward corporal who led it on heavily and who had so much to say about injun defeats might actually succeed in touching some festering wound that would bring him to his death at once it was accordingly determined to proceed with the torture of the saplings without further delay the corporal was removed accordingly and placed between two banded trees which were kept together by whiffs around their tops an arm of the captive was bound tightly at the wrist to the top of each tree so that his limbs were to act as the only tie between the saplings as soon as the whiffs should be cut the indians now worked in silence and the matter was getting to be much too serious for the corporal to indulge in any more words the cold sweat returned and many an anxious glance was cast by the veteran on the fell preparation still he maintained appearances and while all was ready not a man there was aware of the agony of dread which prevailed in the breast of the victim it was not death that he feared as much as suffering a few minutes the corporal knew would make the pain intolerable 
while he saw no hope of putting a speedy end to his existence a man might live hours in such a situation then it was that the teaching of childhood were revived in the bosom of this ardent man and he remembered the being that died for him in common with the rest of the human race on the tree the seeming similarity of his own execution struck his imagination and brought a tardy but faint recollection of those lessons that had lost most of their efficacy in the wickedness and piety of camps his soul struggled for relief in that direction but the present scene was too absorbing to admit of its lifting itself so far above his humanity warrior of the pale faces said bow of the oak we are going to cut the withs you will then be where a brave man will want all his courage if you are firm we will do you honour if you faint and screech our young men will laugh at you this is the way with indians they honour braves they point the finger at cowards here a sign was made by bear's meat and the warrior raised the tomahawk that was to separate the fastenings his hand was in the very act of descending when the crack of a rifle was heard and a little smoke rose out of the thicket near the spot where the bee-hunter and the corporal himself had remained so long hid on the occasion of the council first held in that place the tomahawk fell however the withs were parted and up flew the saplings with a violence that threatened to tear the arms of the victim out of their sockets the indians listened expecting the screeches and groans they gazed hoping to witness the writhings of their captives but they were disappointed there hung the body its arm distended still holding the top of the sapling's bowed but not a sign of life was seen a small line of blood trickled down the forehead and above it was the nearly imperceptible hole made by the passage of a bullet the head itself had fallen forward and a little on one shoulder the corporal had escaped the torments reserved for him by this friendly blow End of section seven